Psalm 27, and this is a passage of scripture that has given me great solace and courage during hard times. When I was fighting in Vietnam, I clung to this particular passage of scripture, and it serves me well today. I hope it does likewise for you. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and of whom shall I be afraid? And when the wicked, even my enemy and my foe, came to devour my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And even if a host should encamp against me, if war should rise up against me, my heart shall not fear. For one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that I seek after, that I may dwell within the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire into his temple. Why? For in the day of trouble he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle he shall hide me. 
our God will set us up upon a rock. Amen? That rock's name is Jesus, by the way. The rock of ages. The rock of our salvation. The stone that the builders did not cut. Not made by human hands. That's our Jesus. And he is watching over us right now. Let us pray. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Abba, Father, thank you for watching over us, dear God, the way that you do that only you can do. As a dear friend of mine reminded me today, it's in you that we live, in you that we move. Lord, it's in you that we have our being. We're told in Daniel chapter 5 that our very next breath and all of our ways come from you, O God. So, Lord, our eyes are upon you, to use the words of King Jehoshaphat. We're trusting in you today, dear God, to lead us, to guide us, to keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we're trusting in you, dear God. Our hearts are fixed like lead. We're not going to worry about today. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. We're going to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We know that you are watching over us, dear God. Our Heavenly Father watches over us. And we know, Lord, that you're going to see us through all situations in our life, whether they be health reasons, financial. So many people are suffering financially and health-wise. But, dear God, you continue to bless us as you promised you would. And we will forever depend on you. Let us just do as you told us to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and you'll work everything else out for us. Lord, we ask today that you just bless our congregation. It's our first day back in our beautiful churches. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand clap, please? Hallelujah. Thank you to the Lord of Lord, our magnificent, glorious Father, who made it possible. He gave us this beautiful day. Give us the air in our lungs. You provide the beats of our heart. Lord, we just want to humbly say thank you. We want to collectively say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For all you've done and all that we know you're going to do. Because you love us. And you said in your word that eyes have not seen nor ears heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has planned for those who love him. And we thank you. Hold tight to your promises, dear God, all of which are yea and amen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, CTC family, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Ariel. And we've got this week's news. We are so excited that we are finally able to meet together again. As we move through at least the next several weeks, we will still need everyone who plans to attend a service to go to our website and make a reservation. In completing the form, you'll need to let us know what service you'll be attending, as well as the names of everyone coming with you. Thanks for your cooperation with this. We will keep you updated as adjustments are made in the number of people we can have in each service. Go to ctcde.net and click on Reserve Seats. We are excited to announce a brand new missional life group called Moms in Christ that I will have the privilege of leading. We will be using the video-based study, Says Who?, by Karen Stubbs. Meetings will be held both in person and on Zoom. For more information and to sign up for the group, contact me at 302-367-6038. Beginning next weekend, we'll be on our full regular schedule at the Bear Campus. 
Fridays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. The Ellsworth campus will meet at 11, and our online campus will broadcast live at 9. You can go to our website anytime and stream on demand. You have the option of watching the full service or just the message. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email your request to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Well, good morning. There are people in the house. If you're on our online campus today, we welcome you. Uh, but you're, some of you are here. Hey, do you guys mind if I take a selfie real quick? Everybody smile. We got people in the house. Welcome back. It's been uh, a long 14 weeks without you. Uh, and it's good to see you uh, here this morning. Uh, it's good to have those of you that are joining us on our online campus, as you have been. Uh, we welcome you again. If it's your first time either here in this building or on our online campus, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, we're not giving out any uh, welcome gifts uh, right now, but we still want to make sure that you're welcome. So uh, if you would uh, go online, even if you're in the building, you can go online to our website or our Facebook page and fill out our online connection card. Let us know you're here. Let us know uh, that you're new and uh, let us know how many people are with you, whether you're watching online or whether you're here with us. And uh, if you've got prayer requests or praise reports, as you just heard on the video, there's a number that you can text those to. That's 888-344-1022, either a prayer request or a praise report, and uh, we'll make sure that we get that information. Now, as we think about uh, giving today, uh, we just want to, again, thank you. Those of you that are in the building, those of you watching us uh, on our online campus, thank you for your faithfulness. I want to kind of give you a rundown of over the last 14 weeks, some of the things that we've been able to do uh, as a result of your faithfulness. And it's not just been keeping the lights on and keeping the salaries paid. That's a big part of it. Everybody on staff said amen, right? But that's not the only part of it. Uh, Over the last 14 weeks, we have uh, given to the United Methodist Global Relief Ministry. Uh, We've given uh, grants to Camp Pocomath. We have helped some struggling families by putting them in motels and taking care of them temporarily. We've helped with rent. We've helped with food. Uh, Even though we're not having our Wednesday uh, Hope Luncheon here every week, we still have people every week. And I know some of you are faithful to drop off food, and we appreciate that. That food is still getting distributed uh, to people. So we want to thank you for your faithfulness. In that we have also uh, been able to give money to Sunday breakfast mission to help them buy mattresses, uh, not to outfit the entire place, uh, but we did uh, go quite a distance in terms of helping them. I don't know the exact dollar amount. I, I want to say it was somewhere between three and five thousand dollars that we were able to give to Sunday breakfast mission to help them uh, with that outreach. So it's because of your faithfulness. Uh, If you're here in the building today, uh, you'll notice outside there are some offering envelopes. If you need one of those, you can pick one up and put your offering. Uh, We won't be passing the baskets, uh, but on your way out today, when you exit, you're going to go this way. Uh, To my left, uh, you can drop it in the uh, offering baskets uh, on your way out. Also, uh, as a point of information, uh, if 
in the unlikely event that there is an emergency in this building while we're here, uh, please do not go. If you need to go this way, please don't go through the glass doors in the overflow room. Uh, it's all the way over this way. All right, all the way over under that exit sign. So if there, in the unlikely event that there is an emergency today, that's the uh, emergency uh, that we're, emergency exit rather, that we're using. Uh, so we want to encourage people, as you have been doing, to continue to use our online giving portal. You can go to our website, ctcde.net forward slash give, go to secure give, set up your account. If you haven't already done that, again, many of you have, and you've been faithful to give in that way. And again, we want to thank you. So you can set that up as a one-time gift. You can set it up as a recurring gift, uh, however you want to do that. And we, again, want to thank you for your faithfulness uh, to do what God has called you to do. So as we get ready to uh, give this morning... Uh, The team's going to lead us in some more worship, and uh, I just want to pray over this opportunity that we have to be faithful to what God has given us. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you so much for your blessings. And God, we ask you today to continue to bless your people. Lord, as they have been faithful to you, would you please continue to be faithful to them? Lord, those who are unemployed or underemployed, provide for them in ways that they would never have expected. Father, we will give you praise and honor and glory. Take the offering that's given today, multiply it for use in your kingdom, and help us, God, to continue as a church to do what you've called us to do, and that is be the light and the love of Jesus Christ in very, very tangible ways in this community and all over the world. We thank you for that privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give.
bow our heads in praise one more time, please. Dear Heavenly Father, once again, our magnificent God, our way maker, our promise keeper, miracle worker, all that and so much more. The one who sent his son to die on the cross for us because he loved us and wants to spend the rest of eternity with us. Thank you, my God, for all that you are, for all that you've done. Lord, we just want to come to you again and ask that you watch over us right now and just, Lord, pronounce your favor upon this particular meeting that we're having. Our first time back, dear God, in the beautiful house of the Lord. Bless, dear God, our endeavors today to make this just special for you, God, and your people. Lord, we want to please you in everything that we say they can do. Your word says it's good and pleasant when brethren come together in unity. And there the Lord commands a blessing and even life forevermore. We thank you, my God, for blessing us today. Lord, we ask that you bless the pastor, Pastor Roger, as he brings the word of God up here today. Finally, before a house full of people. And Lord, we've been waiting for this. It's been nice going out over the internet, Lord, but it's nothing like having folks right here. So Lord, we just want to give you the honor and give you the glory. For we know if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, this day would never have come. So, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Church, can we say that? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and we can clap. That's all right. The Lord loves our praise as calmly to him. Hallelujah. And, Lord, we just want to say thank you in Jesus' name. Watch over us. Keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Always got to say that. We're trusting you, dear God. Our eyes, our faith, our trust is in you. Amen. There is a lot of fear, though. Like, I feel like so many people are scared that, you know, what is happening? And, and you know, just this general fear, because maybe you're right, because we can't escape the news. We can't stop hearing about it or seeing it even if we're just on social media to check up on our friends we still see news reports or people reposting things about fires and disease and sickness and it kind of gets to the point where it feels like all of this horrible stuff just seems to be closing in on you and you know like what what do we do from that you know keep going try Tough questions, difficult questions that we're answering in this series called Asking for a Friend. You know, a lot of times people have questions that they're afraid to ask. We don't know how to ask them. And uh, we're not sure as people of faith, are we even supposed to be asking these questions? Um, And yet we still have the questions. So we're taking a kind of a bold step in our sermon series and uh, uh, asking the difficult questions. Last several months, we've uh, asked people, what are your questions? And we kind of gathered. We had probably over 50 or 60 questions, and we're not making this last for the entire year. <laughs> so uh, here's, the, here's last week, the question was, is God punishing us with things that are happening in the world? And uh, we answered it, Pastor Sharon and I answered it, um, that, that there, there is the part that where God does punish us, but um, there are t- God also uses the punishment in many ways for his good and for our good. One of those ways is to make 
His power known to us. Another way is to comfort us, for He is the source of all comfort. Another way that God uh, works with our situations is to bring healing to us um, in, in, through uh, experiences. And God is always here to save us rather than to condemn us. And those are important things. Those are real answers. Uh, and last Monday during the sermon plus time, uh, which at noon, uh, we have a time on Facebook where uh, we're going a little bit deeper in, in the sermon. And so if you haven't caught that, you can catch that. Uh, but we talked about the reality that there is punishment for our wrongdoings and there are consequences to it. And uh, even though the, the sermon was kind of on the nice side of God, <laughs> uh, uh, we went a little bit deeper to talk about when God's when it is when it is punishment, what God is doing in us. So today, the question that we're asking is, is this the end of the world? And I see, I see the kids here. And when I was a kid asking, thinking about the end of the world, I didn't want anything to do with that. I didn't want to think about the end of the world. That was frightening. I got mom and dad and my family. And what do you mean the world's going to end? I don't want the world to end. And if we're, we're young people, we're, we're looking forward to discovering who we are as people and, and what, uh, what we can do in this world and to get married and to have children and to finish college and to produce all these all these things to product we don't, we don't want to think about the world ending uh, but there are times when we think things are going so haywire in the world is is this is this the end so we're kind of going to address those questions is the world coming to an end simple answer is yes and no <laughs> uh, that's simple but we'll go a little bit deeper into that why is an end to the world coming Well, again, the short answer is we have missed the mark of what God wants for us, and God is going to start all over again. And that's a good thing. It's not going to end. God might have intended for his original creation to exist forever. We think about the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve having been created and living in the garden. and, And when sin came into the world, death entered in the world. Does that mean that Adam and Eve were never going to die? In the Garden of Eden and everything was going to be just as God created it. There was no death. Well, that's hard to tell because there's only about two chapters of the Bible that tell us about Eden. And then sin came into the world and and here we are. But death entered into the world because of humanity's rebellion against God. But God's plan of salvation includes all of creation. God is going to make all things new. Not only did Jesus die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, Jesus defeated death and restores life. Those who have their faith in Jesus Christ, we become new persons. The old is gone and the new has come. We're reminded of that by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 517. I want us to look this morning at Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at a fairly large passage. And if you brought your Bible with you or if you're at home watching, let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. And this is a particular obvious time when Jesus is talking about the end of the world coming. Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 14, and then we're going to kind of take a break and talk about that a little bit. On this particular day, Jesus had been in the temple, but verse 1 tells us of chapter 24, Jesus left the temple 
And he was walking away when, when his disciples came up to him to call, to call his attention to the buildings. Now, the building that they're referring to was the temple itself, Herod's temple, beautiful temple. Um, the, the, it was, Herod had made modifications to it, gold all over the place, white marble, a beautiful temple. And, the, and, and they said, aren't these buildings, isn't this magnificent, a beautiful place to worship God? And Jesus responded, you know, every party has a pooper. <laughs> Jesus was the, was the party pooper on, on them. And Jesus says, do you see all these beautiful things, he said? Truly, I tell you, one not one stone will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Well, thanks, Jesus, for I'm just saying how magnificent this building is, and you're telling me how awful uh, that every one of them is going to be down. Then the disciples with Jesus went on to the Mount of Olives. And verse 3 says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. And see, they were even the disciples were afraid to ask the tough questions. And they said, tell us, Jesus, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming again and the end of the age? So what we know now as God's creation is coming to an end. But the disciples were like, when is this when is this going to come? And Jesus said, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming that I am the Messiah. He said, they will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of war, but do not panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go at war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. It's kind of frightening. And I remember as a child reading this and hearing this, and I thought, God, what is this, what is this about? You gotta... But remember, Jesus says, do not panic. God's got this. And God will be with us through all of this turmoil. And then Jesus continues. It gets worse. You will be, you will be arrested. You will be persecuted. You will be killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And, and we talk about, in our world, haters will hate. And we talk about people being hated and we're trying to get hatred out here. But Jesus is telling us that we who have faith in Christ, we are going to be the ones who are hated because of our faith in Christ. He says, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the world, so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. So the question started with, look at these Look at these buildings. Aren't they beautiful? And Jesus lays down this pretty harsh answer about what they are to expect. But in that passage, he says, do not panic. God's got this and God has a plan for this. Now, we're gonna, I want to pause there, talk a few minutes about some things. And then we're going to come back to Matthew 
chapter 24 to see what Jesus says about it. As I was reading that, do you see anything in, uh, in that description uh, of the, the ending of the world that describes any experiences that our world is going through today? Oh my, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We have been in the end times since Jesus has been here. And we do not know when that time is going to come. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But have hope. Place your trust in Jesus. Yes, we could make a long list of experiences, including the racial sin that has flared up in the United States. And have you noticed that it is going, just like the virus, around the world because of the killing of, uh, of George Floyd? There are protests in other nations rising up and saying, we as human beings have got to stop this problem that we have as human beings, mistreating each other, misjudging one another, predicting what somebody is going to do or say just because of certain characteristics about them. These past two weeks have pulled me in multiple directions, and it's been very difficult to be your pastor. It's pretty obvious that I'm a white guy who grew up, and you know if you listen to me much, I grew up in a, in a rural town in upstate New York on a farm. I, have grow, I grew up very differently from many people, even in this church and who live around here. I've been a, been a pastor for 23 years And for 13 years before I was a pastor, I was still in ministry in various capacities as a layperson. So for the last 34 years, I have been in ministry. But only three of those last 34 years has I have I been a pastor of a congregation that has that has been diverse as Christ the Cornerstone is diverse. And it is a beautiful thing for me to be in your midst. But it is a very new thing for me to be a pastor of a diverse congregation as this one. And I thank you for your patience. I thank you for those who have given me uh, your concerns and your advice and your thoughts, the direction that you hear God speaking us as a congregation to go forward. And I want to say some more about that. Of course, in the, the past ministry that I had, of course, I would meet black families and minister to to people of different cultures in many ways. But I've never been the pastor of a a diverse congregation as this one. And I have learned. uh, I've learned much in the last two weeks. One of the things that I've learned is that because of the role of the lead pastor, it is more difficult for me to get to know people personally uh, because of the role that I have. Praise God for Pastor Vaughn. Who keeps, who keeps us connected by, by being in charge of the pastoral care to the individuals. Thank God for the small groups that we have because much of our pastoral care, we are dependent on our small groups for giving that kind of care to one another. You are the body of Christ and you have to care for one another. And if you're not involved in a small group, you are missing out on, on the care that we give to you. If you're just depending on your pastor to give it to you, we have so many people it's difficult for me as a single person to do that. And uh, so thank you to Pastor Vaughn for assisting me and, and leading us 
and the great way that he's doing. And thank you all who are making phone calls, texts, emails, and sending cards to keep us connected while we couldn't be together during this time. But because of my disconnect with that, because there are so many of us, that's one reason why Pastor Sharon and I have, have, have established what we're calling pastor's chats. And times when you can, can sign up or you can come to a meeting or come to a Zoom meeting uh, and just sit down with me and ask me and Pastor Sharon your questions or talk to us about things that are mattering uh, that matter to you. And so pastor's chats is another way to do that. And I encourage you to, to sign up for one of those. Get onto our website. It's right up there that says schedule a pastor's chat. And you know, it'll take you to a form where you can see the schedule that's set. And as we need more, we'll certainly add more pastor's chat. But that's one thing that I'm doing uh, to, to help us stay connected as well. A second lesson that I've learned in these past two weeks is that my heart would break. My heart does break, and my heart would absolutely break apart if because of my leadership or my lack of leadership during these times that we would lose the diversity that we have. I don't want anybody to go away. I don't want anybody. And, and I have, I, I've heard the criticism that, that I'm not doing this, we're not doing that. And I hear, I hear the criticism and I take it to heart and I reflect on it and I think about it. And I, I don't want anybody to leave. In fact, I want us to go the other direction with our diversity. I want us to, to honor one another. I want us to reach out to people of different cultures. I want us to, to meaningfully engage in friendships with our neighbors who are different than we are. And we've got neighbors, new neighbors, right up the, just on the other end of our lawn. And we've got neighbors who have been living there for a year and a half on the other side of the street, on the other side of 896. 95, I would say 95% of the people in those communities don't look like me, and, and, and most of them don't look like you, and they come from another country. They come from different cultures. They eat different foods. They think differently. They run their families differently than the way you and I run their families, and we need to get to know our neighbors, and, and I want us to be a congregation that reaches out to different cultures and celebrates the fullness of the image of God in all of humanity. Then, when we gather for worship, we will truly have great, wonderful worship that celebrates the God of all these people. And I want us to expand our diversity instead of making it smaller. So in order to help us with that, I have, I have um, asked a group of people if they would be willing to give us some leadership in that. And I'm calling this our diversity team. It includes Pastor Vaughn, Tony Rayfield, who is our children's ministry director, Ron Mitchell, who works in our senior center, Lynn Poindexter, who's, who's our volunteer or our serving ministry uh, director, and Fran Beatty-Stone. Uh, the, the six of us will work together. And together, this is the task that I'm giving us, to regularly review our church's experience of diversity, to keep an eye on it and ask the question, how are we doing in this task of celebrating all of God's people? And our task is to pray for God to lead us and others to us so that our congregation reflects the wonder of all the people that God created in his image. 
Their task is to recommend strategies for improving our relationships. Their task is to plan activities to achieve greater diversity. Their task is to include multiple ethnicities. And you'll notice that in the list that I gave, they're all black except me. But we have greater diversity than that in our congregation. And like I said, we want to expand it. So I'm expecting that. And I'm saying this so that you can hold us accountable to to expanding our diversity to other cultures. And finally, to plan for that diversity to be evident through all levels of our organization to keep our diversity at the forefront of our worship, our work, our celebrations, and our ministry to wherever we are. And at our Ellesmere campus, there's a, in the Ellesmere area, there's a great uh, diversity of Hispanic people. And if we, if we cannot develop a, 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 a significant ministry to Hispanic persons at the Ellesmere campus, we are not succeeding in that community. And we need to be working in that direction also. So if you... Um, so... I just wanted to say that this morning. We've got to work together to stop, to correct the tendency that we humans have that just because you're different than me, my way is right and your way is wrong. That's wrong. And we have to work to stop it. We have to set down our pride. We have to set down our agendas. We have to listen to our neighbors. We have to love them. Jesus didn't say love those who look like you. He didn't say love those who dress like you. He didn't say love those who act like you. He didn't say love those who just go to the school that you go to. He didn't say love those who blink the way you blink. He said love everybody. Love everybody. And he shows us that love. And we must do it. So I want to get us get us back to answering the question, is the world ending? But that whole thing that we're experiencing should cause us all to say, what is God doing in our world? Is the world ending? And what we're seeing happen is just a sign of the world ending. Is it, is it ending tomorrow? I hope not. But I would be joyful if Jesus comes this afternoon. And if Jesus comes, do not be afraid. Do not panic because we're all going to be made new. And we're going to love one another. And children do not need to be afraid because your parents are going to be there also. (laughs) And we will be together in, in the newness of what God is creating. Those of us, those who have faith in Jesus Christ. God has created a wonderful world full of beautiful people among all the nations. And God's promise to Abraham was that the family of Abraham would be a blessing To all the nations of the world. That's what God told Abraham. He didn't pick out Abraham and said, Abraham, you are the chosen one. And I'm going to bless you and all your descendants. And that's the end. No, I've got a job for you and all of your descendants. And that is that you and your descendants will be a blessing to all the nations of the world. Because I have created all of them. And until that happens, my work on this earth is not done. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of all people, not just the family of Abraham through Isaac, but Jesus died for all sins of all people. 
Romans 1.16, Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus because that good news is the power of God to bring salvation to all people, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And if you, if you understand the culture of Paul's time, you know that there were only two types of people and it wasn't black and white. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. And if you weren't born into the family of Abraham, you were a Gentile. And that probably includes me. And I have not taken a DNA test to see if there's any Jewish heritage in my family line. I doubt there is from this white (laughs) Anglo-Saxon Protestant guy whose family came from England and Scotland to America in the 1600s. And you know what? I don't know whether my ancestors owned slaves I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't know that information. But it's horrible that in this country we have done that. It's, 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 just, it's just wrong. And, and I don't know if we have to, if we're going to make reparations or recompense, or I don't know if that's possible, but I do know this, that Jesus can change our hearts so that we can live in peace with each other. We can honor one another. And we must learn to do that through the power of Jesus Christ. Anyway, there are only two types of people in the world, Jews and Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit, when God gave the Holy Spirit to his disciples, it was given upon all who called on the Lord as their Savior. The New Testament teaches us that in many ways. God's Spirit is God, this God's Spirit of love and power and sound mind. I think Vaughn, you read that or prayed as part of your prayer this morning. God's spirit of the one spirit of love and power and sound mind is given to anyone who submits to the leadership of Jesus and his life. And as a congregation, I see this room filled again, not just with white and black people seeking Jesus, but with all people together who reflect the image of God. We all are created in the image of God. And I anticipate that day and the celebrations that we have and the food that we will share together from around the world. I like food. And we must reject the evil of separating ourselves from one another just because we're different from others. We must catch ourselves. We have to hold ourselves accountable even from the slightest hints of that evil. Even if we make jokes and tell stories that we think are funny. We tell them just to the people who are like us so that we can laugh. We don't tell them in, in, in mixed company because we know that it's offended. We shouldn't even be telling those jokes in, in like company. And this is part of the way God's love comes into our hearts. If we truly value one another as God values us, then we will work together to honor one another in everything we say and everything we do. This week, the issue may focus on, what, on the color of, so, of a person's skin. Next week, it may be on the religion that some people follow. Or the next week, it may be the way somebody talks or the way they walk or how they live out their sexuality. Jesus never said, if they talk, if they think, if they look, if they act like you, then you do not have to love them. He said, love all people. So let's continue to build a congregation that does the hard work of loving all people, starting with one another. So I invite you to help us be that congregation. And one way you can do that is to spend time talking with others in a pastor's chat group. 
Another way you can do it is that we will follow the lead of this group called Diversity Group. And finally, you will do it by surrendering your own life to, to Jesus Christ, to his ways, with commitment and with passion. And in this way, we will make a difference in the world. Remember that scripture that Jesus said? The good news of the kingdom of God will be proclaimed. Who's going to do that except those who have faith in Jesus Christ? That is our task as we do this, as we will be guided by the Holy Spirit. Is the world ending? Yeah. Do we know when? We don't know. God doesn't say precisely when the world will end. But we can see signs everywhere, and we're seeing the signs in our world today. Let's continue. Let's get back to Matthew chapter 24. Let's start with verse 36 this time. And we're skipping ahead. Remember, we jumped, we left verse 14, and now we're jumping to verse 36. Jesus has a lot to say in between, and maybe your homework is this afternoon sometime reading, reading that. Well, verse 36 says, But about that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it's going to be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in in one field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night a thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house, let his house be broken into. And so you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The question, what happens after this world ends? I've alluded to that, said it a little bit. Good news. Everything gets made new. And this, we don't have this verse on the screen. But in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John writes about his vision, how he pictures this happening, a new heaven and a new earth. And listen, he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Those of us who see who've seen weddings, been in weddings, how beautiful that is and how exciting it is. This is a marriage that God has created with us, and he's excited for us to be with him forever. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. All this stuff that we're living in now is the old order of God's kingdom. It's going to be gone. So, yes, this world is coming to an end, and so we must 
we must begin to look at what Jesus says about that. God will bring an end to this world in order to create a new heaven and a new earth. That is great news. What are we to do about it? Well, Jesus said, get ready, watch, and we've got some work to do. And here's the work that we have to do. And to to answer this question, I'm going to go back to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament who at that time even they were experiencing these difficulties. And so to the prophet of Isaiah, he went, he, God gave this message to the people spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And this is from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 20. It says, God spoke to his people hundreds of years before Jesus was born. He spoke through prophet. And this is what he said. He says, listen, listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of your God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, asks the Lord. I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to me, who asks you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they're all sinful and false. He's talking about our worship that we give to God. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them, says God. And when you lift your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. My word. You know, God loves us. But this is part of God's discipline to us. We're not living the life that God wants us to live. Verse 16. He says, wash yourselves. And be clean. I can't handle your filth. Wash yourselves. You've got to come to the pool. You've got to come to Christ. You've got to come to the place where you can be made clean. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphans. Fight for the rights of the widows. And hence, we get to the place in our country where the people who say to us Christians who remain silent about the burdens that are laid in the backs of other people, they look at us and they see us not fighting for their rights. And they say, we're not doing what God is telling us to do in His Word. We've got to stand up. And help those who are oppressed. God is telling us to do that. Come now, he says, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away... 
and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. So how do we get ready? (laughs) How do we get ready for that? We look at Jesus. We look to Jesus. He is the only one who can save us. He is the only one who can change us. He is God's son. God got dirty. And in in order to redeem his unholy people, Jesus took on the flesh of a human being. Listen to Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Though Jesus was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus let go. Do you see this? Jesus let go of his divinity. He did not cling to it. Some of us are trying to cling to God's divinity. Jesus let it go. Sometimes we've got to get off our high horse of our spirituality and get down with the people where they're getting dirty. And do what is righteous. And seek good. And love the person who feels unloved by everybody. Listen to this. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the... uh, We hear a lot about privilege these days, don't we? Lord Jesus, help us. Jesus gave up his privilege. He took the humble position of a slave. (laughs) That word's in the Bible. Some translations make it servant. This translation just keeps the word slave. We've got to sit with that word. There it is. He took the position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death. Everybody who watched Jesus die thought, there's a criminal. There's no reason why he should be on the cross except that he's a criminal. That proves it. That man is a criminal. That's what they said about Jesus. And Jesus chose to go in to that position. How do we get ready for what Jesus calls us to do? We look to Jesus. We submit. We do what Jesus did. We surrender. We surrender ourselves. We surrender ourselves to Jesus and the leadership that He gives us. And you follow what leaders do, right? Jesus gave up His privilege for others. How do we get ready? We look to Jesus. We submit to His leadership. We accept the reality of our own sinfulness and, the, and His forgiveness. He's on the cross for you. And for me. And I am a sinner saved by the action that Jesus did on the cross. And then the fourth thing we can do to get ready for that is to make a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus, today I will follow you. Go to bed tonight. Jesus, forgive me for anything that I did today that was not hitting your mark that you have for me. I wake up in the morning. I say, Jesus, thank you. You've given me a new day. Oh, Jesus, let me live this day for you. I will follow you 
Holy Spirit, come and be in me every moment of today so that I bring glory to you. Help me. Help others. Help me do seek what is good. Help me do what is right. Help me lift up the oppressed. Help me seek justice and to do justly. Help me, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. Surrender to Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for being with me today. Lord, we don't always like to hear what you have to say to us. And I confess, Jesus, that I am so weak in myself and standing up for others. I am not an activist, but you've called me into a position where people are following me and they're following my lead. And you call us to help others. Thank you, Jesus, for the way you're leading this congregation. Let this congregation be a congregation that seeks to do what is good and what is right, that works for justice in everything we do. Lord, let every individual here take to heart and think this afternoon or or this evening or maybe in this moment right now, Jesus, I'm sorry that I have not done what you've asked me to do. I'm sorry that I have grabbed hold of my privilege just because I'm a white person or just because I was able to get that education or just because I had parents who didn't get divorced or whatever it might be. Oh, Jesus. Help us let go of our privilege and share it with others so that we can reflect around this globe Your glory in every human being, in every person. Thank you. Till every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We lift you and you alone up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we, as we sing our closing song, and thank you for being here today. If, uh, thank you for joining us online. And uh, please fill out the Connect card and uh, let us know that you are here. 
And uh, even if you're here in the room, well, I guess we, we, know, we know you're here. But if you have prayer requests, the Connect card would be the best place for you to tell us what those things are, online uh, Connect card. Remember that the offering uh, envelopes are in the mall area, and there are baskets out here to uh, put your offering and your prayer requests. The Lord bless you and keep you. Let's sing this song, and then we'll be dismissed. <laughs>